0: And so now I'd like to thank you again for joining us for a message from the pulpit of Hatchbend Apostolic Church.
1: We'll read um, first, let's go to Matthew and We'll read in Matthew, let's read Matthew 5. In 13 and this is just what the Lord has done so many times he takes a natural that we can relate to and then he makes a spiritual point out of it so this is just another aspect of what the Lord is doing and hopefully we can see by the end of this just what the Lord is doing So he takes in Matthew 5, let's start at verse uh, 13. He says, Ye are the salt of the earth, but if the salt has lost its savor, wherewith shall it be salted? It is uh, thenceforth good for nothing to be cast out and to be trodden underfoot uh, of men. And then he says in 14, Ye are the light of the world, a city that is set on a hill cannot be hid. Neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel, but on a candlestick, and it giveth light unto all that are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. So what I want to speak of is um, the lesson title is The Mission of a Disciple. And the Lord is telling them, is these are not like, oh, by the way, these are principles. And I don't know, I guess you could go as far as say these are commandments. These are what the Lord is telling us as a matter of fact. You are the salt of the earth. You are just as we that live in the country. And if you're going to a rather large city, you can see that city before you ever get there. If you're traveling at night by just the light of that city. So he is saying a city that's set on a hill cannot be hid. God has said if you have my spirit, there's no use to try to hide. My spirit within you is going to reveal to those in darkness that you have my spirit. So whether, other words, I'll say it like this. Whether you're trying to act like you have the Holy Ghost, those that are truly in darkness is going to know you have the Holy Ghost, just as you can see a city as you're approaching, because He said a city set on a hill cannot be hid. And then He says, "You are the light of the world." And so these are not negatives to be looked at; these are positives to be looked at. And is you know, um, so first I want to talk about salt. So let's go, if you will, if you want to follow me, I want to go all the way back to. Leviticus, the second chapter, and I'll just read in 13. And every oblation of thy meat offering, thou shalt season with salt. Neither shalt thou suffer the salt of the covenant of thy God to be lacking from thy meat offering. With all thine offerings, thou shalt offer salt. So God is saying, when you offer a burnt offering to me, You are to season that offering with salt. And therefore, it is a covenant with me. So, he is taking, he is doing this, he is saying, put it. So, do this. And so, let's go to, uh, now let's go to Luke. And let's read at the Luke uh, 17 with me. Luke 17, um, and let's read 32. And then, here's the Lord. God is bringing this up he is speaking and he, the lord just says all he, all he says is just remember lot's wife so we know from the story what has happened and and i'm just jumping right in the middle of this so he takes and and i'll just hit just a little bit of that so go with me back to genesis the 19th chapter and the lord is the lord is taken in genesis 19 Basically, what has happened, I'll, I'll uh, read in Genesis 19, let's read um, 15 and 16. And when the morning arose, and the angels hastened Lot, saying, Arise, take thy wife, thy two daughters, which are here. And then listen what the angel tells him. Lest thou be consumed in the iniquity of the city. And while he lingered, the man laid whole, listen, upon his hand, upon the hand of his wife, and the lord and upon the hand of his two daughters and the lord being merciful unto him and they was brought forth with him out of the city so god is saying remember lot's wife so here is the angel lots dragging his feet you know we always joke about the wife being late but the bible says lot was waiting and the angel says you don't understand the iniquity is so bad here, God is fixing to destroy this. And you're moving around like you got all the time in the world. And forcibly took him by the hand. Now, the Bible tells us in the 19th chapter, the beginning, there was two angels. So the angels is using both hands, both angels. There's four people. So they literally got them by the hand. But yet, Lot's wife, and he says, don't turn around. In other words, that's the analogy for quit looking to the world. The world has nothing to offer. I'm telling you, once you receive the Holy Ghost, there is nothing else to look for in the world. That is true. That is 100% true in the Word of God and the Holy Ghost. And so here is the, Lot's wife is just, she just can't give it up. She just cannot, within her flesh, she cannot give it up. And she kept looking back. And God said, remember Lot's wife. In other words, Quit acting like I'm not enough. And so God told her that. So literally, the sad thing about it, she perished while the angel physically had a hold of her, dragging her to a place of safety. And so that is how merciful can God get? And, you know, it, it is just, you know, we say, well, somebody backslid. Not on your life. God is gonna deal with an individual and deal with an individual. Now I'm not here to say where the cutoff line is. Thank the Lord. I never have the right to say that. But I'm telling you, I do not believe somebody just gets up and walks out and leaves. Here is the angel got a hold of her hand, all four of them, and said, Come on, you gotta go, you gotta go, gotta go. And we all know that God deals with his, his chosen. He gave us life. We read everything that God passionately went through for us. And just to see us drift away, if this is a sinner mark and we're just getting farther, and God be quiet, not on your life. God's going to deal with his. So he's telling her, you got to do that. So now, back to the burnt offering. When an individual offered a burnt offering, God said, you sold it? And then when, you lay, when the individual laid his hand on the burnt offering, he identified his sin with the burnt offering. And the burnt offering in, in the Old Testament was the only sacrifice that was wholly consumed, the only one. So this analogy, we go forward to the uh, New Testament, and the Bible says, present your bodies a living sacrifice. Now, it was wholly consumed, the only one. So, that just tells us, I can't do this halfway. I can't do this nine-tenths of the way. I am to wholly give myself unto the Lord. And that is the only way that I can be at peace with God. If I try to reserve myself, I am truly miserable. I've, I battle within my flesh. I battle within circumstances, yes. But when it comes to God, I have... The, There's just no other way to do it. There's just forget the world. Don't look back at the world. Just forget it. I mean, and just trust God to help us and to help us get through it. Now, in in talking with salt, when God said, you are the salt of the earth, one thing um, when I I know I've, I've heard the phrase, I'm sure you have, when somebody says he's worth his salt, that goes all the way back to Roman times. When the, uh, the, the Romans literally sometimes would pay, uh, pay the, the employees, the Romans, in salt. Or they would pay them wages to buy salt. Salt was literally valuable to them. They recognized the value of the salt. So, when God said, you are the salt. other words, you are valuable, not within yourself. With my spirit being in you, you are valuable to those around you. You are valuable. So, and here's one thing. I'm not a cook. Never claimed to be a cook. Never will be a cook. But salt balances. Now listen, salt balances sweetness and helps to suppress flavors such as bitterness. Salt does. But here's one thing of God speaking of the analogy that I find I just couldn't believe. Now, if you take and you're making a dish and you have different ingredients in that dish did you know salt is able to bring out the flavor of every element in that dish i'm not a cook i didn't know that till studying for this and i'm thinking my goodness what an analogy god said you're the salt of the earth you can be the witness and testify What God has done for you and tell people, you got qualities in you that you never knew existed. God has the ability through the Holy Ghost to bring out things in you that you never knew was there. And I'm thinking that is truly remarkable. And he's talking to people that says, you, you are the salt of the earth. And it's not like i was thinking, what's he talking about? They got it. They got it. Some people is going to go home thinking, you know, I didn't come to hear a message on salt. But some was some was there saying, those that hunger and thirst after righteousness was saying, I get it. I get it. I am to be a witness. I am to tell people exactly, you know, I'm to be, uh, I'm not the teacher. I'm not the preacher. I'm not nobody else. I have a testimony of what God has done for me. Tell that. Tell that. You are the salt of the earth. Tell that. And he, uh, now, one thing that I do know, if you have, and, and this is just medical, if you are given no salt in your diet, one thing is for sure, your taste will change. That's, that's true. Your taste will change. Now, where the Lord was talking about, if, and, and the Lord was very plain with his words, If the salt has lost its savor, do I think he's talking about salt? No. I think he's talking about Christians if I have lost my witness, my effectiveness. But some people differ on this. They they take it literally to salt. You know, can salt lose its flavor? Well, what I've read, this is going back to a natural ingredient in a sealed container. Salt cannot lose its flavor. Now, but I don't believe he's talking about salt necessarily. I believe he's talking about in a spiritual term, taking salt, applying it spiritually. So he's taking this and doing this. And then he tells him one more time, you are the salt of the earth. And you think, my goodness, look what's going on. It doesn't matter. And I say that with all respect, it doesn't matter what's going on. You are God picked us to be at this time, to live at this time, to dwell at this time. You are the salt of the earth. Now, I wish Brother Corden was here. Let's go back to Genesis. Okay, in the very beginning, God said, you're the light of the world. I'm going to go to Genesis for this. I'm going to read the first first four verses. In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth and the earth was without form and void and darkness was upon the face of the deep and the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters and God said, let there be light and there was light. And God saw the light and and that it was good and God divided the light from the darkness. Now, this phrase, and God said... In scripture is repeated ten times during the creative days. Now, the first, the very first to be created was light. And God said, Let there be light. But number two said, The earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep. Now, really, I just really I just had I just truly wish I had the knowledge to explain all that. But all I know is what the Bible says. The earth had no form. It was void and darkness was upon the face of the deep. And then the very first thing that God creates was light. He spoke. But there's two principles established here. Literally at the beginning of our Bible. That is true throughout the entire Bible. That we can hang everything on. It says the spirit of God. Moved upon the face of the water. We got spirit. And God said. And we got word. So that is the two principles. I'd like to refer as benchmarks. Everything. Everything in our lives. Everything we touch. Everything we see. Everything we hear must be judged. By these two elements. God has given us his spirit. And he's given us his word. So, from the very beginning, the Spirit and the Word is established. This is done. These two principles are, everything must be measured by this. And God, He took this. Another principle that is established that cannot be changed is God divided the light from the darkness. Not the darkness from the light. The darkness was there. Now... Here's another thing I wish I could explain. Some has, and and there's debate on this. God said, let there be light. What was that light? All I know is our natural light that we get from the sun was created the fourth day. Now, was this light in the universe or was this a spiritual light? I really don't know. I've always liked to lean toward a spiritual light, but I'm just telling you face up, I really don't know. But all I know what the Bible says, God created light, and he called the light day. But as far as our day and our light, that was created the fourth day. But see, this I know is happening. And then he did this. But now, he takes and he establishes. That's why I'm saying everything has got to be in relation to this. So he does this, he sets this up, and then he tells them, you are the salt of the earth. You are the salt of the earth. Now, all this is happening. God spoke it into existence. I know I've told you this before, but that's why I say we can depend on the Spirit and the Word. This earth that God spoke into existence, tilted at 23 and a half degrees, spinning on its axis at 1,000 miles an hour, orbiting the sun at a rate of 67,000 miles per hour, and you say, I can't feel a thing. That is the spoken word of God established that we see, we feel, well, I'm not dizzy at all. And I get dizzy very easy. This is God manifested through his word. That's why we can base our life on this. We can establish this. We have this. And then I guess that's why I just want to say sometimes we wonder, and I guess it's all been said by some at times I can't believe the world in which we live. I don't know if all society has says that, you know, through the past coming up. But I believe, as the wise man said, it's all been done before. Sin is sin. But now we have the technology to put the sin in the forefront so easy. It is so accessible. And I would just say it like this. Never before has sin been so available, seems like, as it is now. It is just people that has an appetite for it, it is available. And so it is just where we're at. It's just where we're at. And and then literally what I believe and literally what I think we're seeing is just a nation witnessing God being removed. So it was June 28, 2006. Our then president, this is... I've read this is not the way it was written, but this is the way it was quoted. Whatever we once were, we are no longer a Christian nation, at least not just. We are also a Jewish, Muslim, Buddhist, Hindu, and a nation of non-believers. But Jesus, when he was talking, when he was talking to his Right before he ascended in Acts 1 and 8, he told his disciples and those with him, you go back to Jerusalem and tarry, wait. But this is the point I wanted to make. He says, you go back and wait, for you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. He don't say then, I'm I'm saying then, then you shall be witnesses unto me. Then you shall be witnesses my point is this, if you have someone, if you have someone, and I have said this before, and I'm I'm being as kind as I can, this is why when it comes to what we hear, see, what we allow in our mind, we must be very careful. Because if it's someone ministering in this book that is our roadmap to heaven that is giving us insight, teaching, instruction, and they don't have the Holy Ghost? God told them, wait till the Holy Ghost has come upon you. Then you be a witness unto me. Because these are my words. So if you want to get mad, get mad with me. You're receiving human philosophy. You're just... Is someone without the Holy Ghost. They're doing the best they can to give you human reasoning. And then I want somebody that's full of the Holy Ghost, that has Holy Ghost inspiration, that has, all I'm simply saying is I want to be fed by somebody with God's Spirit that can lead and guide me through His Spirit that's being a witness that can follow. Because as Brother Boyd preached the other day of the wise man, it says they have Moses and the prophets. In scripture, as a, a prophet was one that spoke for God. They have Moses and the prophet. He didn't say they have Moses and the priest, Moses and everybody else. They have Moses and the prophets. So the Lord was being very clear. And, and it's just it is just the society in which we live. That's why I'm saying, but Lord, you don't understand the times in which we live. Yes, he does. You're the light, you're the salt. Regardless of, of we, could, we could just say, I just, I just can't believe. It's unbelievable in the time in which we live. It is. But God understands where we're at, what we're facing. And it's just, it is just unbelievable to, to witness what we're seeing, the taking of the innocent life. And then those that are so aggressive in that pursuit, it is just seeing And saying it's my right. I can do what I want. But this Bible says you are bought with a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit which are God's. When you read what God went through to bring us salvation. He went through a bunch to buy us. As the scripture says you are bought with a price. Therefore what he went through was a bunch. Now the curriculum The sexually explicit books that are being put in our schools, it's just unbelievable. And and people that's rising up against that, it is just so unbelievable, it can't even be read in some of our state houses. The books are so vile. It is just being sent from the top down. The changing of gender. This is just where we're at. To me, I would just sum it up like this. God, you do not decide what sex I am. I will. To me, it is just—it is just people that is just—I don't know. It's almost like children being groomed for sexual abuse later, and I hate to say it that way, but this is just where we're at. But God said, "You are the salt of the earth. You're the light people can look to." We can't say, "Wow, this is unbelievably bad. I can't believe we're in this situation." No we got to tell ourselves, I'm the one they're going to look to. They should see a difference in me. They should see a difference in me. And then it's where God says in the beginning um, that we was created in his image. What has happened is when you remove God from it, life, as you will notice, will lose its value. Life has no value. You just look at me the wrong way in the parking lot and I'll take your life. Life has no value. The value of life has just went down. What we wouldn't dream of someone coming in a church and shooting, shooting in a school, shooting in businesses and everywhere else you can think of. It is just the unthinkable that's happening because life, life has no value. When the, this word of God says you are bought with a price, you are precious, you are gems unto me, the Lord would say. And then we are just killing one another like we're just animals. It is just unbelievable. I know this is a little bit out there, but a life in today's world, I'll say it like this, in today's world, life apart from God will have no value. It's when we apply ourselves to the Lord, we see the true value of life. And the scripture I love the most, God said if you could gain it all, you'd still be the loser of what your life is worth to me. That truly is. We have that. Now, the curriculum that is implemented starts in kindergarten. We see that. It's being done. And but... We are the light of the world. We are the light of the world. We see this happening in our society today. Now, salt is a preservative, as was said, from corruption. And there is the Lord, when he was writing this, when he was saying this in in Matthew, he, he just takes and he says it like this. In Matthew 13, when he goes, If salt hath lost its savor, wherewith shall it be salted? It is henceforth good for nothing to be cast out, to be trodden under foot of men. It is hence, therefore, good for nothing. You know, that's, that's strong language from the Lord. In other words, take the analogy of salt. If I have lost my effectiveness, in other words, if I have gained, God went through everything he went through, This is what I think it means. God went through everything he went through. And then I act like it was for nothing. I just have received his spirit. It doesn't mean that much to me. And then I have no effective witness. Basically, what good am I? If I'm not telling someone that is in literally... In trouble over their head. And I'm not saying. Look. You're looking all in the wrong places. You need to look to the one. That can literally do something about it. And give someone the help. That they so desperately needed. How effective am I? And God is just saying. Not. I mean God loves everybody. He's making an analogy here. What good is an individual. If they never tell someone about me. So he's just saying it's good for nothing. And then verse 15 says it like this. He says, neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel, but on a candlestick. And it giveth light to all that are in the house. The candlestick, in Revelation, we know the candlesticks are the church. He says, so you don't light your candle and then try to hide it. Because you can't do that. So And it giveth light to all that are in the house. And then he says in 16, So let your light so shine among men, wherefore they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. Now that phrase good works means outside the house. It means business or employment. So uh, 15, everyone in the house has light. 16 out of the house, those you come in contact with. You know, it's, it can be overwhelming if you look at all the gross sin. It's like looking at Genesis 1 and 2 where the earth was without form and void. You know, what can I do with something like that when it's so grossly dark? Or you can say, God anoint me through your spirit. Let me be the salt that you intended me to be and the light that you intended to be. I know it's dark. I know that there is so much without form out there that salt has the ability to bring out the qualities in people that they never thought existed, to be the witness that God called me to be, to stay fresh in his spirit, to stay anointed in his spirit, regardless of what's going on. As Christians, we have episodes in our life We have trials in our life, situations. We're just like everyone else. But we can't forget the true calling that God has placed on us is to be the effective witness that that God has called us to be. Because salt within itself can truly, truly be. And it's not hard. It's not hard to be a witness. You just, I remember one time, um, I had witnessed some witnessed something I just happened to be as the old saying goes the next guy in line and witnessed someone and I basically forgot about it all of a sudden I got um, a subpoena so <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you you're talking about a mind working a mile a minute boy I'm thinking what have I done now you know and so long story short I go to the where I was told to go take off a day's work you know go 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 I said you know and I'm thinking you know I just go in (laughs) oh no 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 you you said outside that we need you so I'm outside and um for hours and then um you know um Mr. Rayleigh the judge wants to see you (laughs) at last So I go in, uh, you're not needed. (laughs) You know, I was thinking, uh, there's going to be another subpoena wrote here for long, you know. I couldn't believe it, but anyway, witnessing for God is not like that. It is basically telling our experience what God has done for us. And we all have a story. And the good thing about it, we are all different. We all have different personalities. We all have different likes and tastes. But the common goal we have is we all love God. We all love his word. We all love his spirit. Thankful for what he's done for us. And so when we take and see what God has done and see what he's done for us, And then when we look at these analogies that God has given us, but God so many times, so many times has gave us these analogies through his word. And I was talking, um, I don't know, I forgot here, I would say in the last few weeks maybe, if you some might recall the name um Earl Lee years ago. This guy was wild. Um and I mean that in a good sense. But when I would talk with him um when church wasn't happening, and I would I would ask him, I asked him, I said, um, because it seemed like he was sort of like um Oh, I can't remember the evangelist's name. The one. Anyway. I would talk with him and I would say, You just seem to come to the pulpit and and you're just gone. You just go. So how do you do it? He said, Well, I depend on the Lord. I depend on the Holy Ghost. I depend on his spirit to guide me. And I said, Okay, I understand that. And... I was talking to Sister Ray, and I told her, I said, I have never repeated this until I told her. I said, but he told me something that night I never forgot. I said, but, you know, we we was having some meetings, and I said, but people come every night, and you do the same thing every night. He says, but what you're not understanding is, yes, we're the same people. But God knows we don't come in the same way every night. We all come in with a different mode. We've all had a different day. The same people can come back the next night, and they're going to come back with different needs. And what I have to do, I have to be sensitive enough to the Holy Ghost to let God guide me in a direction where I can pray for the, to be effective enough to minister in that situation where people comes in. Yes, I'm preaching mostly to the same faces, but it's not the same needs. Right. And I have never, I said, I told Sister Rayleigh, that is so true. And just being an effective witness because, yes, humanity's humanity. But who you're talking to, we just never know what they're going through. Imagine, you know, and you think, you know, everybody goes through things. Yes, they do. But to try to stay sensitive enough to try to understand, let God lead us into an area to be the salt of the earth, to be the light, to be that city set on a hill for the sole reason. It's not that they may see your good works and glorify your father, which is in heaven. This is not about bringing glory to us. This is about telling them of what God has done for us. He'll do for them. This is nothing about hogging this for us. This is about trying to talk to someone when we was this deep in this and God helped us and helped establish us and give us hope that God can help them and he can do this. It is just people that it has just gone through the worst situations and it's just as life seems to grow increasingly darker out there the darker it gets the light was divided from the darkness it i know it sounds like i just got a big brush you know it doesn't matter how dark it gets that i'm that sounds insensitive i'm not god established this we are moving so fast right now it's unbelievable but yet the spoken word of god has this in his hand. And we don't feel a thing. And I'm saying. Trouble. Just drives us insane. Sometimes. And we're. Th- and and why don't. And This is just me. This is why I go to things like this. And I said you know what. We have atheists. That'll tell us. The earth is doing this. Yet but they'll never give God the credit. They say they have, and just pardon me here, they say they have enough sense to believe the earth is tilted and is spinning and is flying around the sun. But yet they'll never say God spoke this into existence. God, you did this. You've got it in your hand. You let go. We're just nothing but a memory, so to speak. So now... All I'm saying is the situations we find ourselves in that God has blessed us through, we can share with someone else to be the strength to them that God has called us to be. Regardless, regardless, we are the salt of the earth. Salt was valuable for what it done. Let's stand, if you will. Let's stand. Let's pray one time. Thank God for his spirit and his word. Father, we thank you today. We thank you, Holy God. We thank you for who you are, for what your word means. We thank you for your spirit that you allowed to be put inside of us. I praise you this day. I love you. I thank you, God, for every blessing you put upon the church, for we are the church. I thank you for it, God. Touch us this day. Strengthen us, Lord God. Thank you for it. Everything, God, I pray in the Holy Ghost and in your word. I thank you. Amen. God bless you.
0: This message has been brought to you today by the media ministry of Hatchbend Apostolic Church. We pray that it's ministered to you in some way and we'd like to take this opportunity to invite you to join us in service here at Hatchbend Apostolic. Our Sunday services begin at 10 a.m. and our Wednesday night service at 7.30 p.m.